for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with uh, another amazing podcast. Today is our first official stream on Twitch. We've been doing it on Facebook for years, and I figured it was time to make a switch over to Twitch. I've seen a lot of uh, success and a lot of really big musicians do a lot of really big things over here. So I figured let's make that switch sooner rather than later. And tonight is our first official stream on Twitch. So I'm really excited. Uh, we have a very special guest. We have uh, Ricky Duran. How's it going today, Ricky? Great, man. Thanks for having me, Tom. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny how much kind of we're connected because like we were talking beforehand, uh, my sound engineer is from your hometown. And then you also now you're currently living in Texas and I'm about an hour and a half north of you. And so it was just kind of interesting how it all kind of worked out. So Wild, yeah, small world. What's yeah, the Massachusetts, sure. man? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but first off, I do want to thank you um, for jumping on here and chatting with me a little bit. I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about you and talk about what you got going on. So course, uh, before, before we get into the new album that's dropping on Tuesday, uh, what's kind of your background? What's your introduction? Or like, this is kind of an opportunity for everybody that's getting to meet you for the first time for you to like introduce yourself to them. Sure, yeah. So uh, I grew up uh, kind of from a musical family. My dad uh, introduced me to guitar and piano and uh, he was a singer from Guatemala actually. And he moved to the Boston area to pursue that. Um, he put a guitar in my hands at the age of six and uh, I kind of never looked back from there. Uh, I went to Berklee College of Music to you know, try to pursue a career in music. After I graduated, I was playing out at the, all the bars in the Boston area, uh, New England area. Um, but I wanted something bigger. So I, I, I moved to a music city, Austin, Texas, which is why I'm here, about three to four years ago. And uh, you know, in the first few months that I was there, I um, came across an opportunity to, to audition for The Voice. Uh, and it went really well, and I became uh, a finalist for the show. So I, I got runner up. I was placed second on the voice, uh, which was a huge opportunity for me. It was great. And, uh, introduced me to a whole new fan, you know, set of fans, uh, and kind of allowed me to be an original artist. And here we are. I, uh, I'm releasing an album, uh, next week called space and time, all original music. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. So, taking a step back to growing up in Worcester. Uh, do you remember like that first song that you heard that kind of spoke to you on a different level and was like, Oh, Hey, maybe this is something that I really should be doing. Hmm. Or was um, there like a, maybe not a song, just like a moment, you know, you know, it's always been kind of, okay. I guess, I guess the first moment that I realized that I, definitely want to pursue this was uh my first performance uh at a talent show when i was in fourth grade i played time of your life by green day uh and everyone loved it and i loved how uh i don't know i just was able to connect with people and uh it kind of you know instilled it for me that 
this is what I want to do with my life. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, who are some of the um, musicians that you were listening to during the early parts of your journey there? So it's interesting. You know, my dad introduced me to people like the bands, like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Santana, all like classic, great songwriters. Uh, and then I went through like a weird punk phase. I did like listen to Green Day, Third Eye Blind, all that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I kind of found my home uh, in music when I when I discovered blues and mm -hmm. people like uh, Jimi Hendrix, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Austin from Austin, Texas. Yeah. One of the reasons that I you know wanted to check out this place. Um, yeah, so blues has been a huge influence of mine, and especially blues guitar. For sure. You can definitely hear the blues guitar in a lot of your music. I had the opportunity to listen to some of the new album um, and you can definitely hear some of that blues guitar in there. So it's really awesome. And you can hear that influence. So thank you. Yeah. And you brought up that you had like a punk phase. It's like, I, I don't think you could have grown up in the nineties and two thousands without going through like a weird emo punk phase. <laughs> It's true, man. And I was a skateboarder too. So it just kind of like fell right into that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, a lot of that music wasn't the best music, but you know what? I think pretty much everybody went through that phase. So sure. <laughs> um, cool, cool. And so then you, um, you go through high school and you end up going to the uh, Berkeley College of Music. What was that experience like? Uh, it was awesome, you know, and what I take away from it, I think, uh, the most is just being surrounded by all those talented musicians. Uh, the students were incredibly talented. And I think I learned just as much from them as I did in my classes. You know what I mean? Um, and it's music 24 seven, which is nice. You know, it, it really uh, forces you to become better because you're surrounded by such high caliber musicians. Oh, cool. And uh, you completed school for like a, what is it, a four-year program there? Yeah. You know, it has like one of the biggest dropout rates, but I, I'm happy to say that I graduated four years with a music business degree. Awesome. And you uh, don't regret a single second of it? Because like you'd mentioned, a lot of the musicians that I talked to that went to Berkeley, they dropped out after a year or two, right. or, you know, whatever it is. And Yeah, John Mayer was one of those yep. guys. Um, no, I don't regret it at all. You know, I think it definitely expanded and brought in my, uh, my horizons for, for music and just helped me, uh, kind of explore different, even genres of music that I wouldn't have. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, so after Berkeley, you stayed in Massachusetts for a while, correct? After you graduated? I did. Yeah. I was in, I was in Worcester for, uh, let's see, about eight years after I graduated. <laughs> yeah. And just gigging around town or what, what were you kind of doing uh, musically during that time? Uh, yeah, I was gigging and, you know, doing private performances, weddings, uh, just making money and practicing. I was recording as much as I could, but um, it's tough. You know, that's one of the things about this industry. You know, I had to make money performing mm -hmm. and then you can get stuck in that grind as opposed to, uh, presenting yourself as a full artist and recording and doing original music because, you know, that's something that's, uh, it's kind of an investment. You don't necessarily see money right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but you know, the voice kind of gave me the opportunity to, uh, like I said, expand on, on that part of my artistry. Yeah. And so prior to the voice, were you primarily just 
because you were grinding it out doing shows and whatnot, what, did that, that kind of force you to do mainly covers? Is that, that kind of what you're getting at? Pretty much. Yeah. Everyone, you know, downtown here in Austin, they want to hear songs they know, uh, which can get taxing and tiring for, for, for me anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, I throw, I used to throw in an original here and there, but what, you know, what the crowd really wants to hear is covers. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you could throw in the originals, but chances are if they, all they really want to hear are the covers. It's, you know, it's like, Oh, here's an opportunity for us to go get a refill or go to the bathroom or, you know, whatever it is. It's uh yeah, that that's the unfortunate part, but luckily I think like I've only been through Austin. I haven't been to Austin, but just kind of the musicians that I've met in the couple of years that I've been here in Waco that go through Austin, they're, they're definitely those parts of town that embrace original music. So that that's Austin's definitely a good, good place to be. So definitely, man. Um, so, uh, leading into the voice, um, you use, that was a really good opportunity for you to kind of find yourself as an original artist. Uh, let's talk about that because we've had a few, uh, contestants that were on the voice of varying successes. Some of them didn't make it through the audition round. Some of them made it, you know, to, you know, to not run her up, but through the knockouts and, you know, deep into the show. Um, what was your experience like going through the, uh, through the voice and that whole process? Uh, it was interesting. You know, I had never thought that I'd want to audition for a reality show. Uh, to be honest with you, I had always viewed that kind of ignorantly looking back on it. I think that I didn't want to become known through a reality show. I, th- I thought it would take away from me as an artist, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. As I got older, I, I just embraced the opportunity. Uh, and it was, it was really great. So I got a four chair turn. I, uh, you know, the option to pick between Blake Shelton, Quinn Stefani, John Legend and, uh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. And I went with Blake Shelton, uh, great dude. I got to know him over the course of the show. Uh, you know, we talk about music business. He, uh, you know, give me pointers here and there. Um, but another thing, it's kind of like Berkeley, you know, I'm sweet. I was surrounded by a bunch of talented musicians and it forces you to, to become better, you know, especially that it's a competition. You want to, you know, show up everybody else. So it just pushes you to, to be the best uh, artist you can be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Was there a, was there anything, any like lessons or any like thing that you picked up from Blake that really stuck with you and you've kind of used it to move forward with your career? Yeah. So one time, uh, it was at rehearsal. Blake told me, you know, I was singing, uh, what's that song? She talks, she talks to angels. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I wasn't cause some of the songs they pick for you, you don't have a hundred percent say on what songs you do. Mm. And I, it just wasn't happening for me. And he told me, put me aside. He's like, Brittany, you're singing it. Okay. Like you're hitting the notes, but he's just like, I want you to be telling a story, yeah. you know? So listen to the lyrics, go back and read the lyrics and present it like it's a story. And since he, you know, ever since he told me that I kind of try to take every song thinking that, you know, every song is co- trying to convey a story mm-hmm. and it's a little bit like acting. you got to play the part. You have to emotionally be invested in that song. So that's, that's one of the biggest things that I took away. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you uh, went through the entire process of the show, uh, became a runner up and that was in 2019, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that the spring season or was that the fall season? I believe it was the fall season. So my last episode was late December. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, at that point, had you already moved to Austin or were you getting ready to move to Austin? I had already moved. I had been in Austin for about three months. Um, and my girlfriend had just came down and I got the call to go to LA. I was like, I'm sorry, I got to go. And I was in LA for like six months. Oh, well, that was wild. What what was the uh, audition process like for you? Did you you went through like a traditional audition? Cause you know, nowadays they've got like, you can do like a video submission, You, you know, you see all these different ways to audition. What was the audition process like for you? For sure. So uh, I actually lucked out. So I had played a gig and uh, the guy who booked me, he told me that his friend was a producer on the show and Mm -hmm. he was holding private auditions in Austin. So they gave me a time and I went down there saying a couple songs, uh, which is nice because if you don't do that, then you have to kind of go to the cattle call and wait in line, you know, for hours. Mm -hmm. So I looked up there. Yeah, for sure. I I imagine it's a lot like the American Idol stuff uh, in the same way, because I when I was a couple of years ago, I lived in Tallahassee, Florida, and um, I worked for an ABC affiliate and they did the American Idol bus tour deal. And they called us was like, hey, we're going to be in your town. Let's make it big. Let's make it happen. You know, all this stuff. And so we got like passes to go through this cattle call of like just to get video and all this different stuff and just watch like talking to some of the musicians that's that are like yeah i've been following them since you know texas like they just follow city to city just hoping for that opportunity and it's like wow this is pretty crazy yeah so you know i i auditioned for the voice one time before that Mm -hmm. i I got to blind auditions and i didn't get a chair this was in 2012, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually went through the, that cattle call process and, you know, I didn't want to do it, but my friend was like, Hey, I'll drive you to New York. I'll pay for the hotel. I just want you to audition. It's like, whatever. So I stood there in line for a couple hours until, and it's really nerve wracking. You're in a room and everyone's just quiet. There's like a couple, uh, I guess it'd be producers or yeah. just kind of coaches, judges, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, they just point at you and you stand up and sing your song. And I felt so bad. There were so many people in there that were so nervous. You know right. what I mean? Uh, but I got through that round anyway. I made it to the blinds. But it's it's definitely a uh, a tough process. And it, everyone asked me if I was nervous for the live shows. Mm-hmm. And the answer is definitely yes. I don't think I look nervous. But I mean, when you're there on stage or backstage and you're hearing the countdown for you to come out yeah. and you know it's live on national television, I love the feeling, but I was definitely nervous. <laughs> yeah. well, compared, uh, like, a the voice, uh, like a show, like a performance on the voice versus a performance at a local venue in Austin, obviously one's live in front of millions of people and the other's live in front of hundreds of people, depending on what venue you're playing at. It What was one of the biggest differences besides the... So the voice kind of felt like, uh, honestly, like the Grammys. So you go out there and you play like one to two songs a night. Um, and you rehearse that specific song. So it's like a, it's more of a, um, 
it's just like a performance for a sh- short period of time. Like they'll get your outfit fitted to that, you know, your, uh, if you dance some sort of r- routine that you're going to do on stage. So it's way more, um, consolidated, okay. you know, versus just playing uh, a show out here where I kind of make the whole show my own. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it might have some, like, um, some music in, in parts that I hadn't rehearsed, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's a little more uh, spontaneous yeah, as sure. opposed to a totally organized performance. But, yeah. um, I mean, that was amazing. The, the, uh, the people that I worked with on set are just, they're top notch. It was really great. Nice. Nice. So you come out of the voice living in Texas. Um, at what point, obviously, coming to the end of 2019 we didn't know what was coming in 2020 early 2020 um what was kind of the plan after the voice or so i've been talking yeah i've been talking to a lot of uh record labels and that was my initial thought that i would sign to you know either i was talking to warner chapel mm-hmm. um and a couple other labels but that all it, it just fell through and it just became a headache for me so I decided, you know, I'm going to get in the studio and do this on my own and record. Um, and that's what I've been doing. So uh, that's where space and time comes to play. I'm releasing it on my own as an independent artist. I do have a distribution deal through Orchard, which is nice. Um, but yeah, and then the plan was also to tour. Mm-hmm. And that obviously got put on hold with with COVID. And that was a, a big struggle, actually, because it was like something about this industry. When you have momentum you know, you, you got to keep the ball rolling mm-hmm. and that kind of halted everything. So I, I went to, uh, you know, did what I can do virtual with virtual streaming and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not the same as, as a live performance really. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I going through like the early part of the pandemic, I saw, watched a lot of the virtual streaming because it's like, I'm working from home. I'm here 24 hours a day, you know, for, over a year and a half, I was working from home. Yeah. And it was so like, whenever I'd get a notification, oh, hey, so-and-so is virtually online, like live streaming or whatever. Okay, I'll go check it out. And you just kind of see how everybody does their thing. Like some people would just be them in their room by themselves, you know, just kind of doing mm-hmm. their thing. And then other people would, if they had like a family, they were living with them, mom, dad, brother, sister, they'd make it like their own little show that just happened to be live streaming. So they had like a little bit of an audience to feed off yeah, of, yeah. but even then it's like your family. So it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was re- definitely, it was interesting, man. It's like, uh, it's tough to perform and have not really see, mm-hmm. uh, the push and pull from the, from the audience. You kind of yeah. need that for a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it was awkward for me for a while to, um, to do that, to do the live streams. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean you got the, like, interactions on the screen but you'd have to like really take yourself out of the moment to kind of go interact with people and it's just like that delicate balance of okay do i do i like i'm really feeling this right now do i stop interact with the people that are chatting or asking questions or whatever it is or do i just keep going so (laughs) yeah i'm actually doing a live stream for the release um next tuesday Mm -hmm. at I believe it's 8 p.m. Central Time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the uh, new release, uh, Time and Space. Um, how did you start writing it immediately after The Voice, or how long had you been kind of working on that album? So some of the songs 
one of them that is actually already out there waiting on you. I started writing when I was in college and I always knew it was a, I, I always knew I wanted to finish it and record it. And uh, it just so happened that it, it made it to this album. But most of the songs on the record were written in the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So did you, one thing that I've been really interested in talking to a lot of the musicians about is how many songs are sitting on the cutting room floor. Like I, did you oh, specifically start writing to go to an album or were you just like continuously writing and it's like, Oh, Hey, I think we've got something here. Let's. So that's a great question, man. So I have so many songs that are just in the back burner. Uh, yeah. It's so many voice memos. And um, this album is interesting because I didn't, if I'm going to be honest, I didn't approach it like a cohesive thought. Mm -hmm. You know, I want this record to sound like this. I kind of just had all these songs and was like, I think these songs need to be heard. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there's a, you know, exact format for all these songs to be together. But um, I think that each song speaks for itself. And I kind of just put it on this on this record. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And uh, what is it? 11 songs on this album? Um, uh, or is it? Not, I shouldn't know that. Nine, but I think it's nine songs. Nine. Sorry, I had to pull. Because <laughs> um, Anna sent me the, the Dropbox link with all the press stuff. And it's like, oh, the album's in here. Let me listen to this thing. And uh, yeah, so I pulled it up. You got to listen to it? What's that? You got to listen to some of the songs out there? Yeah, I got to listen to awesome. some of them. So uh, it's really amazing. I, I enjoy it. I'm excited to listen to the rest of them. And um, yeah. So uh, space and time. Uh, why did you decide to call it space and time? So um, that's another great question. I think that, like I was saying, these songs are, they encompass like so many different feelings and so many different times in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came across the name space and time because I think that it, it just like, um, it's, it's space and time is everything, you know, and all these songs are, it's basically a timeline of what I've been through, you know, in my life. So that's why I decided to call it space and time. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's, um, it'll be out Tuesday. Um, are you working on any uh, visual elements or because you're releasing everything independently or that hasn't crossed your mind just yet? Uh, I have a couple music videos for mm -hmm. uh, some of the songs uh -huh. There's one, a co-write that I did with an awesome songwriter in Nashville called Eric Pasley. Mm -hmm. And uh, the song's called Shine. It's the first song on the record. Um, I went down there, recorded in the studio with him, and we had a videographer come down. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. I haven't seen it yet. Nice. Um, and then this song, Star, that's actually already released. We have a music video right now just waiting. I'm waiting for my PR uh, team to tell me when we should put it out. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's, I love it when you kind of go into this whole process prepared and it's like, you've got the music videos ready, but then again, I understand it's like a whole financial thing of, Oh, we can't afford music videos. And then they come out like two years later, which is still cool. Like if it's, if the song's worth a music video, people want to see the music video, but it's always really interesting to see the release strategy when it's like, okay, we've got an album. We've been building it up for the last year. Now we got music videos. Right. So. Yeah. And it's something that's new to me. I've never worked with a, a team like this before. Uh, they're mm -hmm. great, by the way. But yeah. uh, for instance, they like to have everything months in advance. So this record has been done for, for 
about four months yeah. and it's just now releasing. Mm-hmm. A little inside how the sausage is made. Your PR team reached out to me back in October, I want to say. About oh, wow. like they originally had somebody else booked like at the end of last year. I think maybe it was when your last single released. And like okay. that, that timeline's starting to make a little bit of sense. And they, they were asking if we could get you on for then. And I was like, no, I'm kind of on a hiatus right now because it was the holidays and it was just kind of like, you know, taking my yeah, yeah. my break. Time, um, man. And then we got you on here. And then, uh, but they were asking like back in October, I want to say, October, November. And it's just like, I hope they remember because I've had a lot of people <laughs> that just don't, like a lot of musicians don't write this stuff down, like especially if they're working by themselves. See, it's like, yeah, this is why I need them because I am scatterbrained, man. I, I don't, they just tell me what I have to do every day. And I'm glad I have some, somebody uh, that can kind of organize my life because uh, I'm an artist, man. And I just yeah. think about music 24 seven that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. If I didn't have to worry about dates and stuff, it would be free me up with so much. Yeah. I, I told, told my buddy, Jeff, who's my sound engineer and kind of partner in all this. I was like, dude, the second that we can hire somebody that ha- can worry about ev- all the dates and the like, cler- essentially the clerical work, mm-hmm. we will be in such a better position because we, I don't got to worry about it. For sure. I couldn't do it without them for real. Yeah. Um, so for uh, space and time, you released a few singles last year, mm-hmm. right? Three singles you said, or was Let's it four? Actually four. Yeah. Cause you got a uh, waiting on you star. She's Selfish not the love. one and uh selfish love. Yeah, actually, she's not the one. Isn't on the record. That was with uh, an old band that I used to play with. Uh, okay, called the Blue Light Bandits from Worcester. Mm-hmm. But that's a great, uh, great track. They they had me on. I co-wrote it, and uh, I'm singing a verse on there, okay. the chorus, and I, there's this awesome guitar solo at the end. So check it out if anybody gotcha. listen. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the um, three singles that you did release for uh, Space and Time. Uh, why'd you kind of choose these as the three songs to get everybody excited? Um, let's see. The first release was she closed her eyes and that song, um, was really personal to me. And it was, it had a lot to do with my story and I shared my story on the voice. So a lot of my fans knew my background and I had lost my mother to breast cancer. And I I wrote her this song. Uh, and I had also lost my dad, uh, you know, to suicide in 2012. Uh, and I told that story on the voice and waiting on you is dedication to him and uh, what I went through there. So I just wanted to connect with my fans, you know, and, and I thought those songs were the realest and the most uh, connected to my story. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm sorry for the loss of your mother. I just recently lost my mother to pancreatic cancer. I'm sorry. Um, And so I, I, I don't know how long ago you lost your mother, but I know it just never gets easy. So. It's definitely not easy. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle, man. Uh, it's, it's wild how many people deal with, uh, loss from, from cancer, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, it was like, not to take, turn this into a serious conversation, oh, but yeah. it, it was an interesting Christmas because like a lot of my family members, like extended family members and stuff, they're a little 
like iffy how to talk to my because it's now it's my sister myself and my dad and they're a little like uneasy how to talk to us and they're like why aren't you more sensitive like they'd make like not an inappropriate joke but a joke that could be misconstrued as inappropriate and they're like why aren't you more sensitive about this and i was like because i know how much worse this year could have been like so my mom passed away from pancreatic cancer my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer two years earlier and had they not caught it in time, he wouldn't be here right now. Right. Or had they not caught it when they caught it, you know? And so it's just like in my head, it's like, had they not caught that, had he waited a week because that's how close it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't be here right now. So, right. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm a big believer of counting, counting your blessings, you know, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what's going on, I try to wake up every day and, and be grateful for what I have, you know, what yep. you do have. Yep. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it just kind of taking negatives and trying to make a positive out of anything that I can. So exactly. um, cool. So uh, space and time coming out on Tuesday, are you just doing it digitally or will you have um, like CDs and what's your kind of release strategy there? So we have a limited number of CDs right now. They're going pretty quick. Uh, we're selling them. I am signing a handful of those. Um, but yeah, there's about, I think we have 500 CDs right now. Okay. Um, yeah, you can check that out at IamRickyDuran.com. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, no thoughts of doing vinyl? I see a lot of musicians you know, pressing vinyl I really right now. wanted to do vinyl. And I, you know, it's still an option. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a huge back. Like, uh, you have to order them three months in advance right now. Oh. Uh, I just haven't, I haven't found the right company. And I've also known that if you go through a company that's not very, very good, they can be pretty low quality. Okay. Yeah. I went through that with my old band, but um, yeah, I actually have some fans asking for vinyl. So we'll see. I'm I'm still not sure if we're going to print them out. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's one of those things where even though it's an old business, it's kind of new again and people are still trying to, figure out the cheapest way to do things and the best way to do things. And unfortunately you get some companies that do it the cheap way and it's not really good. And, you know, so it's one of those things I get it. And plus they're not cheap. I I see what these, I see what vinyl goes for at shows and they're selling them for like $35 or whatever it is. And it's like, I'd rather pay the $35 for that just to keep it and have that piece of art. But I can't do it all the time. So, right. Yeah. That's why if I'm going to print them, I'll probably just get, you know, like a hundred yeah. and, uh, and see what happens with that. But it's, it's definitely more costly to, to print them also, oh, yeah. you know, for sure. For sure. Um, cool. So, um, kind of taking a step outside of music, uh, w- what do you do outside of music to kind of get away from everything? If, if you need a, uh, day to decompress or what have you, what are some of your hobbies? Uh, I am huge on fitness. I, if I'm not going to the gym regularly, I, I just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm pretty much going to the gym every day of the week. Uh, and besides that, I just love hanging out with friends. Uh, I'm lucky to be in Austin where a bunch of my friends are musicians. So I can go see them, hang out, have a beer, listen to them play. Um, that's pretty much it. I used to paint and I just don't, have time anymore i you know if i'm gonna paint i'd rather just pick up a guitar and play music sure, so um sure. that's pretty much all i do yeah. <laughs> I, i'm really excited to 
now that things are like really open down just everywhere, I'm really excited to get down to Austin more frequently and check out some of these amazing clubs and like venues that I keep hearing about. I, I'm kind of getting to that point in my career or at my current job where I need to make, make that next step. And it's just kind of like the two places I'm looking at are Austin or Nashville, because it may, like for the live and amplified stuff, it may, that those two places make the most sense. And sure. like Austin's appealing because it, I honestly probably wouldn't even have to move that quickly because it's uh two hours depending on where in Austin. Right. But you know, I'm just excited to get down there more frequently because I've been here for two years, over two years now, and I've only been there once. So no way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got to come down, man. I played a, a show at actually a couple of shows at Antone's mm-hmm. a nightclub, which is one of the uh, historic venues down here. Mm-hmm. Gary Clark jr. Is a part owner there. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the Continental Club. Yeah, nice. so you got to check those out when next time you come down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, those two places, and then uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, Kill Tony podcast. So I, for whatever reason, <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. I was just with Tony Hinchcliffe last night. Oh, really? Yeah, he, uh, we're, we're. I guess we, you could say, we're friends. He's a very good friend of uh, a good friend of mine. So I, we hang out pretty much every week. He's a great dude. Wait, is it uh, Yonder? Yonder? What's Yonder. Uh, he's a musician down there that w- goes on the Hin- Tony Hinchcliffe podcast. Oh, no. Uh, it's oh. the Nether Hour. Okay, gotcha. I don't know if you've been watching it. They open yeah, the yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I wasn't familiar before, but then I started watching and I started looking. And I, or he brought them up once or twice and I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're great, man. They were one of the first, uh, well, Bob Flacco was the lead singer of the mm-hmm. band. He was one of the first people I met down here in Austin. Uh, and he got an in. He, he met Tony and Tony fell in love with his music. So he asked him to be a part of that. Um, yeah, I go down to kill Tony every every now and then. Okay. Real fun. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's uh, every time I try and buy tickets are already sold out. So it's just like, yeah. I know, they sell them out quick. <laughs> yeah. So next time I'll, I'll get there. So... <laughs> Anyways, but no, that, that's really cool. That uh, and you've been down in Austin three years now. You is you thinking Austin's kind of the spot for you, or do you? I still love it here. Um, mm-hmm. I have debated Nashville for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, going back and forth, and it's still an option. Um, also, my producer right now is trying to get me to move out to LA. Uh-huh. But I don't think I don't think I'm an LA person. I don't think I can no. hang up. Yeah. So for now, I'm just gonna be a. Uh, traveling back and forth, working with him. I'm actually playing a show at Hotel Cafe uh-huh. in uh, Los Angeles on February 11th. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was getting ready to ask what your uh, show schedule is looking like. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually, we're kind of working on that right now. As of mm-hmm. now, I think we just have Hotel Cafe in February, uh, a show in my hometown, Worcester, mm-hmm. at this new venue called Off the Rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in, let's see. I don't want to. I don't know the date. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think it's in May. I okay. believe. Yeah. yeah. But we're actually booking up right now. So I'm sure that that calendar is going to fill up pretty quick. Gotcha. Now, when you do shows like that, do you like to tour out? Like, so let's say your show back in Worcester, do you like to tour out to that show and come back? Or will you just jump on a plane, do a one-off and come back? Uh, it depends, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, we're hoping to, well, at least I'm hoping to stop in there play a show in Worcester and then maybe go up to New York, mm-hmm. play a show there. So yeah, we'll try to couple it while I'm up in the area. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, one thing that we do before we wrap it up, cause I don't want to keep you too much longer tonight. Um, I have a random question generator sitting right here in front of me. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. So if, if you're ready, I've got your question for you. Go for it. What could you talk about for hours? But f- well, f- what could you talk about for hours? Hmm. Let's see. Um, I mean, I could, I don't want to just say music. I could talk about music for hours, yeah. but uh, besides that space, and it's interesting that my album's called space and time, yeah. but I'm, uh, I'm way big on t- in astrology okay. and just, uh, it really interests me. So I could definitely talk science and space for, for hours. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, that's interesting that you're, space you're in texas spacex or you're down in Austin. oh yeah 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 true i i tell you what spacex they've got the rocket testing facility just down the road here in mcgregor and when they get those rockets roaring my like i'm about 20 miles from their testing site my house my apartment shakes when they get those really yeah it is is wild yeah so wow um but anyways uh so if anybody wants to check out the new album when it drops or uh any of the any shows if they're coming to your area or anything else you got going on where's the uh, best place for them to do that uh please add me on social media i'm big on instagram it's just uh ricky duran instagram check out my website i am ricky duran.com i have all my tour dates up there as well as my album that you can pre-save pre-order and you can get a hard copy of the cd too awesome awesome well, once again, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. It's been an absolute blast. And w- once I get down to Austin, I'll make sure to figure out where you're playing or what show you got going on, and I'll make sure to swing through. So, um, for sure, let me know when you're down here. Yeah, I'm really excited now that things are back and going in full swing, and it's like, okay, now, now I can go do stuff. Well, I mean, right. I could do stuff before Texas has always kind of been open, but you know, you go to these shows and you don't know how people are going to act around you. Like, I went to a show last december and it was just like man this is weird like nobody knows how to act like i'm talking december of 2020 and they nobody knew how to act around each other everybody was just like oh it's interesting man everyone's (laughs) been locked up so so long and uh it's kind of like the venue kind of decides on the regulations down here at this point so you never know what you're walking into yeah so you know We'll see how it all plays. But uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you for everybody that's uh, tuned in. And uh, Twitch will be our new home for the foreseeable future until something else comes up that's new and exciting. But once again, thank you all so much for joining us. And we will catch you all later. Thanks for having me, bro. Cool.